Welcome back, Bears fans. Welcome to Bears Scout once again. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're here to blow everything Bears out of proportion so you don't have to. Uh, we're good to be back. We've been a little bit uh, away, back and forth a little bit over the summer. Uh, you know, we got kind of dry there for a little bit. Yeah, I think that in general, there hasn't been a lot of news about the Bears this offseason and you know, ever since the coaching staff and the GM were hired, the main stories have all been about, you know, some kind of lower level free agent signings or players getting arrested or <laughs> what a little too much of that. <laughs> or kind of some other minor storylines. The off season has been pretty quiet over the last few months, but that's all about to change. Training camp should be starting here. Next week, I think rookies report on Monday. I think the full squad reports on Wednesday. So once training camp starts, we'll have the usual headlines about players that we've never heard of that are going to be competing <laughs> for roster spots. And we're going to learn a lot about a lot of the new faces that the Bears signed this year. We're going to learn a lot about the new coaches that have been brought in. And we're going to have just the usual flurry of activity that happens in training camp so I know I'm very excited about that even though the Bears aren't projected to be very good it's always fun when football season starts and every fan base has that optimism about their roster and maybe the team can surprise us so absolutely and you know the thing is is that um the one thing that we will finally get to focus on once uh training camp starts is we'll start to see what players look like with pads on and so we can get a picture of uh what we're gonna get treated to once the once the season starts you and i have already talked we both believe that six and a half uh that the over is a is a good call there I, i still think that and i think um once uh training camp starts uh they're going to they're gonna surprise a, piece, a few people. And that's what a lot of the Bears have been saying, if you listen to some of the quotes throughout the offseason. There is certainly optimism coming out of the locker room, and I would hope so at this time of year. If there were Bears players saying, man, we're really going to suck, <laughs> that would be concerning. <laughs> but with the new coaching staff and with some of the players that were either signed this offseason or that were here last year, like Justin Fields, but we kind of have all agreed to throw last year in the garbage and evaluate them with a fresh lens this year. So I'm excited to see what the preseason brings, and hopefully there's some optimism heading into the season. And the Bears actually did make a move since our last recording, and they traded a seventh-round pick for Nikhil Harry, who was a... First round pick by the Patriots in 2019, and who has pick 32, pick number 32, last pick in the first round, and he has been a objective bust so far in the NFL. He has not lived up to that first round draft uh, pick, and the Patriots were going to cut him. The only reason they didn't is because the Bears were willing to give them a seventh round pick, and so he gets a fresh start in Chicago and. I think there's been a lot of negativity around this move or a lot of people have taken the opportunity to poke a little bit of fun at the Bears like, oh, this is your biggest offseason addition as, at wide receiver as <laughs> Nikhil Harry. And 
I don't really understand the negativity. Number one, they, they gave up absolutely nothing for him. It's a seventh round pick in 2024. Right. And if you're not familiar with the NFL rules, you're only allowed to trade draft picks that are two years into the future. So a 2024 seventh round pick is quite literally the least valuable <laughs> asset that the Bears had available to trade. I mean, to give you an idea for how little value seventh round picks have, there were NFL experts saying that the Bears could maybe get a seventh round pick for Nick Foles. So the, these aren't necessarily picks that teams put a lot of value into as far as trade capital goes. And, you know, the Bears were able to get a first round talent for a seventh round pick. Obviously, Nikhil Harry hasn't, uh, he hasn't lived up to that talent. He hasn't turned it into production at the NFL level, but. There are people that I've listened to since the trade that say that he's now the most physically talented receiver on the Bears. So it's, Yeah, I mean, it, it, him and um, uh, Equinemius St. Brown are uh, both got that height. Um, he's actually, Harry's a, a, a bit more thick mm-hmm. built. And not quite as fast, but if you go back and look at Harry's tape from college, or if you look at some of the few highlights that he has generated in the NFL, the guy has talent. He can go up and get the ball. He can make some plays. And Right. I don't know why it didn't work out for him in New England. I know his rookie year he got hurt, and it, 2020 was the COVID year, which was a weird year, and he actually, I think, requested a trade going into last season, and the Patriots didn't grant that. So maybe he wasn't mentally all there last year. So it seems like he had just a bit of a odd tenure with the Patriots. And I've heard some speculation that Belichick is just not easy on young wide receivers. So maybe if Harry got off to a slow start and he got himself in the doghouse, he was just never able to dig himself out of it. What we're going to find out here, because let me tell you, if he can't make this receiving group, then it probably means that his career is <laughs> over. <laughs> I remember like the, the year that the bears had like Kendall Wright and, Daniel Braverman and all those guys, like when they signed Victor Cruz. Wow! Signed, oh, Victor Cruz. They, they signed Victor Cruz, and but uh, Victor Cruz was like fifty three at the time. Oh, and everyone was all excited about Victor Cruz, and then he got cut. And I'm like, if he couldn't make this team, his career's over. <laughs> and I kind of feel that way about Nikhil Harry too, because he has and his career was over. And yeah, he didn't play again, and so we're gonna see what happens, but. It, it has some upside to it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think Nikhil Harry is going to turn himself into a Pro Bowl receiver here, but he could, and if he, could. If he doesn't, then you cut him and you don't have a seventh-round pick in 2024. So, so let, uh, just looking real quick at, at, his, uh, at his seasons here, um, he started five games as a rookie. Uh, he only caught 12 balls, but he was only targeted 24 times. Um, and... Uh, it looks like they tried to, whatever the powers may be, um, tried to integrate him a bit more uh, in his sophomore season. He was part of 14 games, started nine, uh, 57 targets, 33 receptions for 309 yards. Uh, and, you know, that's that's not too bad, two touchdowns. Um, that's, not too, that's not too terrible. Uh, where I do see one weakness that he's uh, really got to make a jump on is his catch percentage. 
50.0, 50 57.9, 54.5. As, as a starting receiver, even a backup receiver in the NFL, you can't be in the 50s. You, 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 you got to get, you got to get those numbers up there. So, I, I, I do think that there is some. Maybe he hasn't quite had a real, real good season as far as being healthy, being in uh, a position to uh, make a difference. We don't know what his relationship was like with Brady, who you know basically is the on-field coach at that time. So and and Belichick, and it's kind of like we talked about with Equinemius St. Brown. Exactly. I'd, I'd imagine that New England is a pretty easy spot to find yourself on the outside looking in. And in fact, I mean, you, you can't help but draw comparisons between the two. They, it's 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 pretty similar. Now, what we're going to see is now is and is are they going to be competing for the jo- uh, job? I yeah. mean, against each other because right. their because their physical makeup is so is so alike. Uh, you know, m- maybe that is um, that is the spot. Uh, our, our buddy Chris uh, down in Arizona, he actually called out giving up a seventh round pick for Nikhil Harry. He's He was a fan of Nikhil Harry at Arizona State. He lives right by Arizona State. And Harry was a good receiver at at Arizona State. He was actually a beast in the Pac-10. So uh, he he thought of Harry uh, going to the Bears uh, uh, out of of college. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Chris Chris says, you know, could you see him... Getting uh, averaging two receptions a game, twenty five yards, and one and a half total touchdowns for the season. If so, he's just outplayed number twelve, Allen Robinson, last year. So, <laughs> I mean, wow. you know, yeah, and I, I think it's absolutely no risk. There's certainly some upside there, and I think that he certainly will be competing with Equinemius St. Brown. I think the only two receivers that are guaranteed to be on the team week one are Mooney and Pringle and Valus Jones. And Valus Jones, that's it. So there's opportunity to be had here, and I I think that if I had to make a bet on it, I I think that Nikhil Harry probably will be starting for the Bears, maybe not week one, but early on in the season just because – I think he's got the pedigree, and I think he's probably got more upside than any other receiver on the roster other than Mooney. So He does have three years in the league. Yeah, and unless he's awful, which he might be awful. He might be. It, unless he's awful, I think he's going to get a chance here because I think this is somebody that has some legitimate upside, and I can't really say that for too many members of the Bears' offense right now. Also, I do think that um, there would have been other teams there. Uh, ready to sign him. Well, and that's why, because the other criticism that I've heard is, why would the Bears give up a pick for a guy that the Patriots have already said they're going to cut? And it's because, as we've talked about on this podcast, the Bears are one of the least desirable free agent destinations (laughs) for wide receivers. So if he had his choice, I'm sure he would have signed with almost any other team besides the Bears. Because of all the reasons we've talked about in the past, there's defensive head coach, rookie co- or second year quarterback that's unproven, bad weather, kind of in a rookie season. Yep, a bad team. So I think the Bears knew that if he hit free agency, you know, it's not like every team would have been knocking on his door, but I bet that a team would have offered him a contract 
that was around what the Bears are going to have to pay him, and I'm guessing he would have opted to go to a team other than the Bears. So I think that's why you give up the seventh-round pick, and to me, I think that's a pick well spent if you're talking about getting somebody in here that has first-round talent. Nice uh, tweet from him. I don't know if you saw that. Um, the day that he uh, he got traded, uh, he posted out on Twitter, hey, uh, here I come, Bears, uh, something like uh, along those lines. You know, kind uh, con- showing some real enthusiasm, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> that was one thing I was wondering, because I think Belichick a couple times, like when he has a player he doesn't like, it, uh, it seems like he'll purposefully trade them to bad situations. <laughs> like, I'll always forget that. I'll, I'll never forget when he did that to Richard Seymour back in the day, who, Hall of, oh, yeah. Hall of Fame player, and he was complaining about his contract the year the Patriots went undefeated and Belichick traded him to the Raiders. <laughs> Which, remember the, Ra- the Raiders at the time were, were, terrible. Were, were, were terrible and had no stadium and they were a complete mess. So he's like, have fun out there. And you kind of wonder if that's what he did here. It's like, hey, have fun with I wouldn't have, put it past him. Have fun with this. But <laughs> hopefully Nikhil Harry is excited. Um well, at least, he, if nothing else, um, he's got to look at it and say, you know, uh, I, I got, I'm going to a place with a new young quarterback uh, who has shown the enthusiasm uh, that uh, is is a requisite. Uh, he's going to a, a, a situation where the sky's the limit. You know, I mean, uh, there's there's one really entrenched guy. That's it. There's Mooney, right? Yeah. All the rest of the spots are open. And uh, so you can't walk into a situation and and have a, a better uh, opportunity in front of you. No, I don't think so either. And like you said, I think that the, the, the sky's the limit. That's the perfect way to put it. And you've got a franchise that at least wanted you enough to trade a draft pick and I think he's going to get every opportunity. I, I'm, I'm not sure that there's another team in the NFL, maybe like the Texans, that he could walk into. And if he produces, he's going to be a starting wide receiver. Like, there's nobody really ahead of him on the depth chart other than Mooney. And I was kind of thinking about this the other day because I think everybody's pretty pessimistic about the talent that the Bears have. But it's not too hard to talk yourself into maybe they could surprise some people. It's like... We, are, we already know that their running backs are solid. Yep. Mooney, if he has spent the offseason working out with Justin Fields and if he cleans up some of his drop issues from last year, that's a nice piece. Maybe if Nikhil Harry gets that change of scenery, he can be a solid performer. Cole Komet, maybe he takes the next step. And then if Byron Pringle is the guy they signed. And Pringle caught 70% of his passes yeah, last and year. If he kind of steps into that role as the slot receiver and catches 700 yards and Bayless Jones. So, like, there are some pieces here that maybe the offense could surprise some people. Um, We're already agreed that Bayless Jones is going to break off at least one this year. Yeah, he's going to have one of those 80-yard squeeze passes. Like, I have no doubt about it. Yeah, and... So it's going to be interesting to see how all of these roster spots kind of come together. And there are other guys on the roster that have some upside, too. we got Equinemius St. Brown we've talked about. We've got Tajay Sharp it's in camp. He's been a successful receiver. So they're going to have competition, and we'll see which players really take the opportunity. And that's going to be one of the storylines that we're following throughout all of training camp. Yeah. And 
so we all recognize that the team is a, a prove-it team. That's what it is. And I am okay with that. I know that fans would have liked us to go get some more established quantities. But I just don't feel like that fits this team. Poles is trying to create a team from the ground up. Which is the way you're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's a little unfamiliar to us. Because we don't usually see that. We usually see Pace go spend way too much money and way too much resources on somebody who then comes to the team and doesn't produce like the way that they, for what they just gave up. Yeah, I can't really think of, well, I guess the last time the Bears were in a full rebuild was the first year of Ryan Pace, but they had Jay Cutler. Yeah, and let's not forget, uh, that wasn't even so much a rebuild. That was literally Pace just got rid of everybody. Yeah. He, he had a fire sale and just literally got rid of every player. And, I mean, he got rid of Robbie Gold. And didn't replace him. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, when you look back at it, it's, it's pretty ridiculous what he did in those first two seasons. You know, he got rid of most of the players in the first one, and anybody he didn't get rid of in the first season, he got rid of in the second. He got rid of Robbie Gold and replaced him with Connor Barth. Got rid of Matt Forte. He got rid of Matt Forte. I mean, when you go through the list, it's pretty sad. Well, yeah. and He got rid of Devin Hester. And... Brought in John Fox, who was... Oh, who had two pretty good years in Atlanta, right? He actually broke the record down there. Yeah, he did. That's right. So, you know, I mean, uh, it, this is this to me is completely different. Because when, when Poles came into this, the cupboard was already bare. And the pieces that were left over in there are what you see in a cupboard that is bare. It's... A, you know, it's a bottle of mustard that's been in there since 1978, right? It's, it's, a, it's a bag of rice that was there when you moved in, you know? So it's, it's stuff that he didn't want to have to deal with anyway. And the pieces that were good pieces were not a fit for the team. That's why it made so much sense that they, that they traded Mac and got... They got decent value for him. I mean, would I have liked to have seen more? I'm sure everybody did. But the simple fact of the matter is is that Mac did not do that much the last two seasons. And you had to find a trading partner who would really put him on a high, uh, on a high uh, tier. And the reason that the Chargers did that was because they already had a, an all-star at the other side to pair him with. And they're... In a position to win the Super Bowl this year, they are, and they've got a quarterback on his rookie contract. Yeah, so, so you know, it, it, I feel so far, Poles has done a good job of managing resources as best he can for what he had to work with when he came, and I, I don't think you get an argument out of any major writer uh, on the Bears that it was a pretty. He, he, he willingly walked into a situation that was not good. And I think the Bears will start taking big swings next year. They're going to have a ton of cap room. They're going to still have Justin Fields, who hopefully has shown 
next year that he is the quarterback that the Bears are going to build around, and he'll still be on his rookie. He is. Con- and he'll still be on his rookie contract for a couple of years. So I, I have no doubt that the Bears will give out some huge contracts next year when the salary cap is cleaned up and when they have more resources available to them, whether it's draft picks or money to spend. So. Like, I don't think it's going to be a situation like you were just talking about with Ryan Pace, where the first two years here were just a complete nothing. Like, I'm just looking back at Ryan Pace's second year on the job and some of these guys that he signed. It's just like... It's horrible. I mean, you're like, what were you thinking? Well, I remember thinking, what were you thinking when he did it? (laughs) So, you know, we would love to... Uh, be able to look at the team and say, hey, you know, we got a good piece here, we got a good piece here. We actually do have good pieces. They're just not all pro pieces. And we just don't have enough of them. And we don't have enough of them. Now, what what polls is to countermand that is to just get bulk, right? And that's what he's done. If you look at the three positions that were we were in the worst shape in, that, that's receiver, that's offensive line, that's cornerback. He has, or defensive back, those three areas, he did bring in a, quite a bit of personnel, right? So we will have stout competition going on, and some of these guys are uh, ones that have never gotten a shot. Some of them are, like Harry, guys that should have performed at a higher level and didn't. So, well, at least when we come out of this, when we come out of the 2022 season, they're going to have a really good picture of the real pieces that they have to build on, right? And, of course, the the biggest one is, is Fields. Yeah, and that's a great point because we did an episode a couple of weeks ago where we went through some of the early projections as far as the gambling lines and those were mostly focused on the entire team. We did the, um, we did the over under on the wins. We did some lines about where the bears stacked up in terms of like awards. So MVP coach of the year, things like that. But now that we've gotten closer to the season, Vegas has put out lines about individual players. And I was looking today at Justin Fields and what the, the sports books are projecting him to do in 2022. Um, and I guess I'll just read you what the lines are. So we start off for passing yards. The over-under is set at 3,150. I was guessing 3,300, so I was fairly close. Where would you think Where would you think he's at for touchdowns? 29. 17 and a half. Okay. And then... He's in, not going to have 17 and a half and touchdowns. We're, and interceptions, 14 and a half. So, <laughs> that's, uh, that's not good. <laughs> you know, that's really, um, that's really playing on, uh, you know, a question of accuracy. He never had a question of accuracy in college. In fact, his metrics show that he had the best deep ball of any of the quarterbacks that were selected in his class. So... Uh, you know that I'm interested in that. Well, and the interception total—he's a second-year quarterback. We know he doesn't have ideal personnel around him. So, if we think about that number fourteen and a half, I just kind of looked at last year's leaders in interceptions. So, Stafford threw seventeen interceptions. Josh Allen threw fifteen. Justin Herbert threw fifteen. So, 
there are some good names there. That's true. What concerned me more was the low touchdown total. So I, I looked at how many players would you guess had fewer than 20 touchdowns and more than 15 interceptions? Very few. Um, one, two? Only, only one. Trevor Lawrence, 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Rookie. That's awful, but yeah, ro- yeah. rookie and Urban On Meyer. On an awful team, and, too. And Urban Meyer. And Urban Meyer, right. And Taylor Heineke, 20 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. So <laughs> that's a former third-string quarterback. So certainly not the company you want to be in, but yeah, if... if those are the totals that Justin Fields ends up with. That's going to be a problem. But, you know, uh, it, 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 that's a great p- comparison. Because when you look at it, terrible coach, uh, terrible uh, scheme, terrible players. I mean, yeah. he, they, all had, they both had the same, the same. In fact, but at least Lawrence knew that he was the quarterback going into the season. Right. Fields didn't even have that. Yeah. No, they, instead they picked up some has-been <laughs> said he's going to start in front of you. Oh my gosh, yeah, I don't want to relive that. So, but. yeah, so, you know, if you if uh, if you look at it, both of those quarterbacks, which are, are, by the way, recognized as getting ready to make big jumps, right? I think that anybody that is selling... Fields that short is foolish. I, 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 I could be just seeing things through orange tinted glasses. I get it, but I do think that that guy has. I don't think he has the stuff to make us to be a star. I think he has the stuff to be a superstar in this league, and we'll have to see how things play out because he's going to really have an uphill climb this year. But great quarterbacks do that. They take on an uphill climb, and they push. Yeah, I'd love to know how these lines get put together. Like, do they factor in potential injury? I'm sure a big part of why he's lined so poorly is just because of the talent on the roster, and the Bears have a bad offensive line. Like, there's just no way to spin that. And that obviously impacts how you're going to project a player, but the sportsbook I use had 24 quarterbacks on the board in terms of over-under on receiving yards, and Fields was dead last, and actually by a pretty considerable margin. The next lowest was Trey Lance, who was 3,400. So, you know, it, it, that's that's an interesting per, uh, player, too. And the fact that most of the stuff that I'm reading that is positive is about Lance ver- in Lance versus Fields. I'm seeing Fields ranked behind Lance quite a bit. Now, Lance... I think most would agree is on a better team, right? Uh, top to bottom. He has to make a giant leap. For, I mean, people don't realize how little that guy has played. He hasn't played in two years, basically. You know, I mean, and, and, and even on top of that, he didn't play a huge amount at North Dakota State. Well, yeah, he's, his, his last real action was 2019 at North Dakota State. I mean... And he's going to go and play in the NFL and suddenly be a superstar? Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I think he's in for a rude awakening. Oh, where he has the advantages, number one, he has Kyle Shanahan, very highly thought of coach and quarterback developer. It's true. Number two, he's got players on his team that are elite 
NFL receivers and that can get him a lot of yards after the catch. Yeah. Like, he's going to throw a lot of passes behind the line of scrimmage that are going to go for 20, 30 yards because of Debo Samuel and some of the other receivers that he has there and just the scheme that he's playing in. Yeah. Like, the Bears don't have that. I mean, the, the Bears don't have that guy on their roster that you give him the ball in space and all of a sudden he's 50 yards down the field. You hope that Valus Jones can maybe do that, but they don't have that right now. So he's our poor man, Steve Sam. Very, 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 very poor man. <laughs> so obviously, Lance, like Lance, is in a great situation. Fields last year was in a terrible situation. This year remains to be seen. We know the talent isn't great, but maybe he. Has the the overall of attitude of the team, though, is going to be much much better. And hopefully just the coaching is much better. Like, we sat here on this podcast how many times after a game and were just talking about how incompetent the game plan was? Yeah. I really hope we're not going to have to deal with that this year. I, I, don't, th- I, don't, I don't see it happening. Um, I, I think that uh, they brought in a, a really good choice uh, at offensive coordinator, uh, an offensive coordinator that's used to, uh, you know, working with a quarterback that makes something out of nothing, uh, who moves around outside the park at a lot, but primarily is a pocket passer, uh, who it, it, who goes through progressions quickly um, and can extend plays. All of those things suit Fields. Execution, I'm not talking about execution because we don't know what that is yet. But all those things do suit fields. And we'll we'll see how you know that part of it plays out on the field. Yeah, I, I really hope that he ends up with better numbers than what these early lines suggest. Now, these lines also aren't particularly sharp at this point, I don't think, just because it's impossible to really predict the final numbers of a player, especially a young player, especially when you factor in... Injury concerns and all that, but I'll tell you, if this is where he ends up, then number one, I think the Bears probably are going to win four or five games, so they're going to be picking very highly, and I think that if he ends up with numbers like this, then we'll be talking about whether or not you should draft a quarterback next year. Absolutely. You know what, why don't we take a minute on that, And because the thing is, is that I know that question has come up a lot in, in, in the, uh, the, the internet sphere <laughs> but um, we, it will be Paul's responsibility to look at that as hard as anybody has ever made a decision about that organization if he does end up with those kind of numbers. Yeah. Because, the, because there, if he does, as you mentioned, we probably will be right there uh we'll probably be in the top five picks right and there's two guys and you know the buzz has already started about both of them Uh and if they play the way people think they're going to play and make it through the season healthy they're going to be one and two so the uh you know the cardinals did it uh you know the cardinals uh you know took on um uh took uh which one is it? Not Josh Allen. Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. And immediately dumped him the next season and took Kyler Murray. Yeah, and I mean, even right, I'm just looking at a real early 2023 mock draft, and they have four 
quarterbacks projected to go in the top 10. So I think unless the Bears are really surprising, they're probably going to be picking in the top 10 one way or the other. So they will have a decision to make, and I, w- I will see what the on-the-field results look like. But my prediction is the only way that they would draft a quarterback next year is if they end up with picks number one or two, and then they have to make an evaluation. Does C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young project to be a better quarterback than Fields? And the only other way is, say they're picking like six, right? Like, I think the only way they would do that is if their evaluation this year is based on some of the -the off-the-field stuff, and they're just like, this kid doesn't get it. Like, Mm -hmm. some of the stuff we heard about Mitch, like he just doesn't understand the game plan, he's never going to be able to read an NFL defense the way you need to do to be elite. Like, if that's their evaluation, then it is what it is, and I hope they do then think about drafting a replacement. But even if he struggles on the field, like, I I think the talent around him is going to be enough of an excuse that if he still is hitting all the boxes as far as the intangibles go, I I think that he still will get another chance going into 24. But... We're going to see how it all plays out. I mean, those those lines, as far as the statistics go, are certainly not encouraging, but it's so early, and hopefully the talent around him is a little bit better than we expect. And I think the coaching is the big unknown. Like, the scheme was so bad last year that I think that's going to be a really dramatic improvement, and I hope that puts Fields in a position to show that he's the quarterback that the Bears should be building around. And I, and I just I cannot see... Uh, the scheme, uh, or the, just like I said, the overall attitude of the team being, being worse. worse. <laughs> I, I just it, it, it last year was just so disappointing when it came to that. I, I mean, I, I didn't like Nagy a whole lot uh, in the first three seasons, other than the first season, and you know, some of that was maybe just dumb luck. But um, but the last year. Uh, after the Cleveland game, I, I still think they should have fired him literally right after that game and just said, find your own way home. Because mm-hmm. it was, it was to me, that game was that awful. And that season was horrific. I can't believe how bad it was. Um, so, it, it to me, it, it, the logic points to... Uh, a higher level of play. And I do think that you're going to see uh, a pervasive attitude amongst this group of guys that, hey, uh, you know, everybody's saying that we can't do this. Let's, let, let's show them that we, that we do got something. Uh, I, I do. I see a competitive football team. Are they going to win a lot of games? Probably not. But I do see them being a competitive team, which... That will be good enough for me. I think so. It, it you know, you don't want to be sitting around on Monday trying to figure out what they could have possibly been thinking when they put together a game plan. Yes. Like if they're just not as talented, then that always kind of comes to bear in the NFL. The more talented team is going to win more often, but you can still show up. You can still fight hard. I mean, the Lions did that last year. Yeah. The Lions played hard and kept a lot of games close and ended up winning some games that they... Oh, but wait. Uh, Jared Goff sucks. Well, he, he's projected... <laughs> actually, they actually... Yeah, they didn't have a... They didn't have a line for him. As Just far had as to mention yards. that. Yeah, they didn't have a line for him as far as total yards. Last year, he 
did have more yards than Fields is projected to have this year, <laughs> if you go by the gambling lines, but not by much. I wonder if I wonder if Vegas is still thinking he's not going to be the quarterback in Detroit. I wonder if they think that Garoppolo is going to go there. But that could be, and that's a, and that's a real possibility because the thing is, is that it doesn't. It certainly doesn't look like Garoppolo is going to play in San Francisco, no. uh, so they're going to have to do something with him soon. And you know, I. I would I would hope that they at least would not rob Garoppolo of going to a team and, and participating in uh, training camp at wherever he goes. You know, if he if he so chooses to do that. Yeah, I mean, because I don't really think San Francisco can keep him because they're paying him a ton of money, and you don't want to a ton. You don't want to be paying your backup quarterback thirty five million dollars unless right. unless you're the Bears with Nick. Foles. <laughs> <laughs> um, but aren't the Lions on hard knocks too? Actually. This year, uh-uh. uh huh. Who, who's on hard knocks? I don't know. I thought it was the Lions. Uh, I think it is, it is the Lions. Yeah, it's yeah, a, it is the Lions. Jared the Goff. Bears. The Bears avoid it again. Yeah, that just seems to be the deal. The Bears are never going to get on that show. Oh, they will. They've wanted the Bears on the show, I guess, like many times. But the Bears have been able to wiggle out of it. But um, at a certain point, they won't be able to anymore. Yeah, that's true. A um, couple other props. Uh, where would you have guessed that David Montgomery landed total rushing yards? Uh, I say uh, I, I, I'm betting uh, for for the line. I, I would say nine fifty. Pretty good, nine hundred. Yeah, I, I think I actually think he's going to break a thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a personal opinion, but um, I, I do see some of his carries getting stolen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Herbert has done enough to to show that he needs to be a bigger part of of the of the running of the running game because he he has some skills and um, and uh, you know um, we've got uh, you know Darrington uh, he could uh, get he could get some carries as well um, so you know and even even might not get carries but. I do see him catching the ball out of the backfield, though, because he does have a specific skill when it comes to that. And having that skill is is something that you can use to exploit defenses, to get them to back off, you know? Yep, and the Bears will be doing design runs for fields as well. Yeah. So I, I think that that line's probably about right. I think the Bears will run the ball a lot. But I think, to your point, there's three or four running backs that I think will be getting in that mix, as well as the quarterback. And I think they'll probably be running a lot of the quote-unquote pass plays that are really run plays. Yeah, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of that, too. So I think the Bears' strategy in a lot of these games is going to be to try to keep the ball on the ground and keep the clock moving, just because I don't think they're going to be able to win uh, a lot of shootouts with some of the more talented offenses in the NFL. But yeah, Absolutely. I do think Montgomery is, is going to have a good year. He reminds me more and more of Matt Forte. I don't think he's quite as good, but he's just a very solid back. He seems to play through injuries and get out there pretty much every week, and he's just a really, really solid pro. So He, he, he is. I, I like Montgomery a lot, but he doesn't have Forte speed. No, he doesn't. Uh, you know, um, it, I, I was watching. It's interesting that you mentioned Forte because I, I was – uh, going through, I think it was on Twitter, you know, they had a, one of those, you know, uh, uh, highlight reels of him and wow, was he, he was a great player. Uh, he really was. Mm-hmm. 
And maybe, maybe the most underrated player in the history of the Bears. Uh, you know, so um, it will be, we'll be uh, in, like you said, we're in a good position going into this year. Uh, it will be a question mark, I think, uh, probably for a good portion of the year, probably maybe into next offseason as to whether they decide to keep uh, keep Montgomery. Um, and I, do, I, I hope they do. Because I think having a one-two punch of him and Herbert certainly has the look of being a good combination. But we're actually going to get to see that in action this year because last year it wasn't. Uh, I mean, it was primarily Montgomery uh, and, uh, you know, he was running behind a terrible line and a terrible scheme. And so he was getting two yards, you know, and uh, Herbert made some noise, but it wasn't, it was while Montgomery was, uh, you know, injured, uh, you know, it's just, yeah. And, and running backs get hurt and David Montgomery, I don't think is the type of player that's going to command a big free agent contract just because he's not the fastest or most explosive running back. But I think he just is a really, really nice player. But looking back at some of these Matt Forte years are just, are just hilarious. Like how, how, how important he was to these offenses. He, he, he was just yeah. incredible. 2013, 289 rushes, or 289 carries, sorry, 74 receptions. The following year, 266 carries, 102 receptions. Like, yes, we we had a running back that got over 100 receptions. Yeah, I mean, there were just these years where he was such a high percentage of the offense, and you just going back and look at, I mean, just game started, 16. And just such a class act, you know, so durable, just... He was a he was a great player on every level. Another long add him to the long list of great careers that the Bears have wasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just looking at these these like games started 16, 16, 16, 12, 15, 16, 16. Like just got got just got out there and yeah. played. And that's tough to do for an NFL running back. It's tough to be durable for that long, especially when you're touching the ball that often. Yeah. Um a couple other gambling lines. Um Darnell Mooney, where would you guess he landed receiving yards? Uh, I'm going to say 1,100. 950. Okay. And what do you think about Kamara? Now, see, I definitely think that Mooney is over 1,000. I, I I, will be shocked if Mooney doesn't... I think he got 1050 last year. He's going to be over his number last year. I 100% believe it. So, before the show, guys, uh, we were talking about... Uh, one of the things that you, we I highly recommend you go read is there's a recent article uh, by Dan Pompey on The Athletic uh, specifically about Mooney, uh, and I thought it was a brilliant read. Um, and it talks about his work ethic, which I'm telling you right now, I know you've heard a lot about the work ethic thing. He's one of those players that's on a different level. He's just one of those people that has a work ethic that is on a different level. And it talked about him and Jugs machines. He he actually owns. He personally owns two Jugs machines. He 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 has spent hardly any of his money. He he doesn't go out. The only time he actually went out was uh, Fields had a get together, a team get together, and so he went to that, and that's it. Otherwise, all that guy does is work out and work on his game. That's it. And when you see 
anybody that has that kind of dedication to anything, there's no way that they don't improve. It just doesn't happen. That's how the best of the best happen is because they're not only they not only got that talent, but they also work their asses off. And this kid has has made it his entire obsessive mission to be the best in the league. I don't know whether he's going to be that, but I'll tell you what, reading that article, he's sure going to give it every ounce of himself to be the best in the league. And that's pretty inspiring. Wow. Hell yeah. And that's the kind of leader you want on your team, right? I mean, like, that's the type of guy that I thought the Bears had in Allen Robinson. Right. Because until last year, everybody talked about how great of a work ethic and how great of a leader he was. And then I think he just became disgruntled because the Bears jerked him around for two years with his contract. But Mooney is a fifth-round pick that is obviously already outperformed where he was drafted and seems positioned to do so. I think going back to the gambling line, I think the only way he doesn't get a 1,000 yards is if he's hurt. Yes. Because all offseason he's been working with Justin Fields. I think the biggest reason why he didn't have 12, 1,300 yards last year was because of his drops, which right. if he's been working that hard throughout the offseason, you hope that he's got that cleaned up, and this should be his most productive year. Plus, you add on, hopefully, better coaching. You add on the fact that the Bears will probably be losing a lot of games, so he'll have some opportunities to kind of rack up some points in garbage time. I, I think the only way he doesn't get uh, 1,000 yards is injury, and especially now with 17 games, you really don't have to have that great of a year to get to 1,000. 17 games, if you play every game, uh, 60 yards a game gets you 1,000. So if you get a couple of games where you're in triple digits, like you get to a thousand pretty quick in a 17 game season. So I, I think that one kind of screams go over to me and you just, you, you just, totally Oh, he also put it. on eight pounds of solid muscle during, uh, during the off season. Now you gotta, you gotta think about this. When I was reading about this, it was something that piqued my interest because he is super thin. And that was a big knock on him when he came into the NFL. That's why he was there. One of the main reasons he was there in the fifth round. And I think he got injured his first year, right? I, remember, I seem to remember him getting kind of whacked on the sidelines and missing a couple of games. Oh, no, he played all 16 games. Yeah, he, I, yeah, I was going to say, I didn't remember that. I but, must um, remembering that. He, he, uh, he, maybe he did, and you know, it was uh, one of those things where he you know, sat out some yeah. of the game. But uh, we'd have to go back and look that up. But... You know, a part of it was that he just didn't get opportunity uh, in his in his first year. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year, he he said, "I don't care what's going on with anybody else. I'm working hard to get this offense to do something." And I think he showed that uh, somehow. Uh, none of the other receivers were able to establish a very good rapport with Fields, but he was. So, you know, that makes you wonder about what what was everybody else doing, right? So I think you see this young guy uh, bust out um, and produce a kind of season that is going to shock the rest of the NFL. I, I like him as a sneaky good uh, sleeper as far as fantasy is concerned too, because I, I still I think that some fantasy players are going to recognize him, 
but I think he's still going to be one of those guys that's sitting on the table at sixth, seventh round, and I, I think he's going to have number one numbers. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And your point about his chemistry with Fields last year is very well taken because you had several veterans that were in that locker room that certainly didn't look like they built any chemistry with him. So the fact that the second-year player that was a fifth-round pick was able to do it, right? I, I think that just says a lot to his ability, but also just the kind of professional he is. So very, very easy guy to root for. I haven't read the Pompey piece yet, but I know you sent it to me, and I, I certainly plan to just because it sounds like a, a very, very easy guy to root for, and you always want guys like that, especially when you know, the team is kind of in a rebuilding phase. Last one I had here was Cole Komet. Where would you have guessed he landed in terms of total receiving um, I'm also a little high on Komet. Uh, I'm going to go 700. 600. Okay. About right. And which which is what he around what he got last year. I, I, I think that both of those two players are prime targets in this offense. Uh, you know, they both worked uh, they both worked well with Fields last year and they both worked well with Fields on the offseason. I just can't see putting in that kind of work and not having a payoff. That that's the whole reason as as you do anything, right? It's not just athlete. You want to be first chair violinist. You don't go, oh, well, I'm just going to rely on what I've learned through the years. You work like you practice more than everybody, yeah. right? And I think those two guys have done more to be that right and left hand for fields than any other players. And I am also hoping that that is infectious with the rest of that group, right? That they see that they got these two guys who are busting their humps to be as good as they can, even though the team overall is getting dogged as, you know, probably, you know, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, and Cole Komet had 600 yards last year. He did! So, I, 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 I think both of these unders, or sorry, both of these over-unders are a little low, obviously, disregarding injuries for a second if they get hurt week one then they're not gonna yeah i mean that's gonna be true nobody can pick that right but yeah i think if he's healthy and he's out there i think that he easily goes over that and maybe going back to mooney i forgot to mention his over under on receptions was 72 and a half like smash that over like (laughs) there's there's no way if he's healthy he's not catching 90 balls yeah that's what he's training for. I'll tell you what. You read that. You read that post. That's what he's training for. Yeah, I mean, last year he had 81 receptions and however many drops plus just another year in the league. Like both both well, of these, I think, are easy over Canada. And and you know, if you look at it, you know, with all the bitching that's going on out there about who they've brought in at uh, at receiver, um, it's perfect for those two because. They're the veterans, right? They're the ones that have already been in the system. They're the ones that have already been with the team. They're the ones that have already been playing with Fields. So uh, Fields isn't going to be able to help but look for those guys because they've been there before, right? So that actually takes a little bit of pressure off the other guys. But I'll tell you what, it also puts them, it puts those other guys that want to be something they're going to have to be able to show that they can fit in there. I agree, and there's no shortage of opportunity on this team. That's true for the players that have been here. That's true for the new players. So I'm excited to see how that plays out. The hope is that 
these players that we've talked about do overachieve these projections. And then that means we do have some real solid building blocks for the next four or five years on offense, because that's been something the bears have obviously lacked for several, several years. And every time they do get a building block, there's some kind of caveat to it, whether that's Robinson with the contract or Brandon Marshall being a crazy person or Alshon Jeffrey being injury prone and not wanting to play here. Like Komet, Mooney, Montgomery, they seem like really, really solid pros. They seem like guys that really enjoy playing for the bears and they seem like the type of character that you'd want to build around. So that that's certainly something that I'm going to be keeping an eye on throughout this season, even though, you know, there's a very real chance that the bears just aren't going to be very productive or very good. These are the young players that I want to watch. And that, you know, we all know that. And that's why I feel like, uh, you know, going into that is just beating a dead horse, right? We all get that. Yes. If we want to, you know, look at it through the, the harsh lens of reality, <laughs> you know, whatever, right? The This is a new regime. This is an entirely new group of players, right? And that's what I'm, I want to see is I want to see this group of players, just what you were saying. I want to see us start with a new group of players and build the team from there because that's not what the Bears have done for years and years and years, right? So this this is what we're supposed to see. You know, the players that you were just calling out. You know, I mean, that Adrian Amos. We don't have to even go back that far. Adrian Amos is generally considered in the top five safeties in the NFL. If if not, if maybe, maybe, maybe he doesn't squeak into the top five. Maybe he's in the top ten. Why did we give away a top ten player? And, and they had nothing to put back there, right? I mean, you know, so... I think that Poles is not that guy. I think the I think Poles is the opposite of that. Well, and I also want to make this is actually a nice way to circle back to the Nikhil Harry conversation because that's another thing I heard. It's like the Bears can never develop a wide receiver. So it's like number one, nothing that's happened before this regime matters anymore. <laughs> right? Like, no, nothing that happened. These are not those guys. Yeah, exactly. It's a completely different staff. So. I agree that the Bears have not had a lot of success developing offensive players, but this is a new coaching staff. Nothing that any of the old idiots that worked here did matters anymore. But also, number two, like it's 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 not true that the Bears haven't developed anybody. I agree it hasn't been great, but Darnell Mooney's a perfect example. He's certainly overachieved his draft position. So saying that the Bears... I think Darnell Mooney's developed himself. Yeah, well, like, so saying that the Bears can't develop players at all, number one, doesn't matter anymore because it's a new staff. Number two, it's just, it's not true. And and trust me, if you want to be pessimistic about the season, then just skip it. (laughs) Come back and wait until next year. Yeah, come back in 2024 if you're going to spend the entire time grumbling about everything. Like, you know, the, the. Try to have some fun with it because it's it's still football at the end of the day. It's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be something that makes you miserable every Sunday. It is Sunday. entertainment. Yeah. Like, trust me, Matt Nagy made us miserable enough for several more years. So try to try to have fun with this season. Because I mean, how many how many of us Bears fans would pay just to see the team have some fun out there, right? Yeah. To, to see the team work together as a unit, you know, and, and get excited about things. You know, it, Nagy had that whole 
club dump or whatever, whatever, whatever it was. And, and, you know, if I remember in 18, in the 18 season, people thought that was kind of cool, right? Why? Because the team was winning, right? Yeah. After that, especially when it came to year three uh, and they were still doing it, I was like, okay, that's a total distraction. This team is not good enough to have club dub, right? They they need to be focusing on getting some kind of cohesion together out on the field. Yeah, you, you want your team to have some swagger. You want players that look like they're excited to be there, not guys that are out there playing out the string or playing for their next contract. Like, understand it's big business. At the end of the day, these guys are all playing for their next contract, but... You can definitely tell when a team is excited. Like that's what the Bears were like in 2018. I remember, I remember that last game against the Vikings where the Bears knocked Kirk Cousins out of the playoffs, and Bears had nothing to play for, and they just came up here and beat the Vikings ass. They were just jumping around on the field and celebrating and talking trash. Like right. that's fun to root for. You, you want to root is. for guys that are excited to be there and that are, are really taking some pride in playing for the the Bears, right? And I, I think this team has some of those guys and it's just on the coaching staff and it's on the front office to not make it such a miserable experience <laughs> for everybody involved compared to what we've been going through for the last team pride. 30 years <laughs> yes exactly and you know what i the vibe i get from players like fields like mooney like commit like montgomery though i get i get vibes of positivity from those guys. Like, we get what everybody's saying out there, and we don't give a shit. You know what? We're going to do what we're going to do. Screw the rest of them, right? We're going to go out and make some noise, and people are going to be surprised by who we are. But we're going to do it for us. And I, I think that is great. I, I can't wait to see that. Uh, yeah, same. I, I think that it's going to be a fun team to root for, even if they don't win a ton of games. This one made me laugh. This was just one last gambling line. So <laughs> you can bet on the individual Super Bowl matchup. So I think right now the favorite is the Bucks and the Bills. That's the favorite yeah. right now. Uh, <laughs> the Bears, uh, if you want to make a long shot bet and you're interested in some 50,000 to 1 odds, <laughs> any, any interest in a Bears-Texans Super Bowl? Bears Texans. <laughs> that was the long. That was the longest odds on the boards. Fifty thousand to one. Fifty thousand to one. So a one dollar bet wins you five grand. And you know what's what's funny is is that that could happen. No, that, no, it can't. It, it, it could. <laughs> I mean, that's the way parity works in the NFL, right? You know, the, is that um, not a lot of people had the Bengals uh, in the Super Bowl last year? No, you know. The Rams, yes. The Rams were loaded, right? And, you know, the whole reason they brought Stafford in there is they thought that he was the piece that could get them uh, to the Super Bowl because they recognized that Jared Goff sucks. And so, right? I mean, that's literally what they did, right? Yep. And so, it's, it's so, but the Bengals, um, you know, while people were recognizing, hey, there's a lot of pieces here. There's some good players here. They still had to prove themselves and show that they were that level mm -hmm. and they're gonna even with how good that team played they're gonna have a run for their money in the AFC because like you said the San Diego Chargers are a good team right you know there there's some other really good teams in the AFC that could make some real the Buffalo Bills oh, the AFC are a, 
Stacked. Uh, it is stacked, right? So even a team that just came out of the Super Bowl and had a good showing there, I'm not betting that they're automatically going to be there, right? No, I, I haven't looked. Which, I... by the way, I should go put a bet down that I don't. I 100% believe that Tampa Bay will not be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the, the NFC is a little bit more wide open. Like the AFC, like you said, I mean, I bet there's, I haven't looked, but I bet there's six or seven teams that have better odds of getting to the Super Bowl from the AFC than the Bengals. I mean, people are talking about the AFC West like it's potentially the best division ever. Like the team that's projected to be the worst right. is the Raiders with Carr and Adams. So yeah. Like, there's a, plus you got the Bills, plus you still have... You know, the Chiefs and then the Ravens, and we'll see what ends up happening with the Browns and Deshaun Watson. Like, there's a ton of good teams in the AFC. The NFC, I mean... Yeah, and uh, the Raiders got Josh Jacobs, too. Right, last I saw in fantasy, he was still rated as a top 10 back. Yeah, and like, still have the Patriots with Belichick. You know, there's a lot of interesting teams out there. I mean, the Colts have a Super Bowl defense... We'll see if they that can... Patriots team's not going to suddenly fall apart. Yeah. I like Mac Jones there. Yeah, we'll see if the Colts can revive Matt Ryan because they've got a great defense and they have Jonathan Taylor. So, you know, the, the NFC. I mean, the the Rams are the favorite right now. It's tough to repeat. Tom Brady's forty five. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any receivers. The Cowboys are going to Cowboys all over the place. <laughs> so, I mean, Trey Lance is in San Francisco as a rookie. So, like. The NFC, from my mind, is pretty wide open. That can go a ton of different directions. And uh, you know, um, you were uh, you were saying, you know, the, about about some of these different squads. Um, uh, yeah, uh, the 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 Patriots. Um, you you can't put them out of the conversation. I really think that Matt Ryan in Indianapolis is going to flourish. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't compare that with. Philip, I'm a crybaby Rivers going there at all. Uh, I thought Rivers was washed up his last season in uh, San Diego. And so I wasn't shocked at all when he totally bombed there. Well, and they made the playoffs with Rivers. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, they shouldn't have. He he did not play well. No, he didn't. But, like, the point is, like, that's a but good But I team. think that Ryan is going to play well there. I've always liked him. And I've always thought that Ryan was much steadier. Than uh, than Rivers was. I always thought he got a bad rap in Atlanta. I did too. I I, th- I think he's been one of the most consistent quarterbacks of his era. Uh, kind of the Peyton Manning, uh, Peyton Manning ish, you know. Uh, but um, I, yeah, that's a that has some good pieces. That team has some good pieces. So it, you know, it, it will it will be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I, I certainly don't. Uh, I don't have any illusions about uh, about the Bears. I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs, uh, and I maybe it's a bo- maybe it's borderline to even think that think that uh, it's they're they're just not they don't have enough pieces to to make it to that level, especially with what you were just saying about the teams that are ahead of them. Um, but I do think that they will contest teams. Uh, I, I think they're gonna. You're gonna see them push them to the limit. Uh, they're gonna win some of those games. They're gonna lose a lot of those games. But it's gonna be enough that they can congeal and bring together a group of guys that going into the uh, going into the following season 
is going to be the real core of the team. They'll have a real core on defense, real core on offense to work with and to build on. And that's what they need. That's what they've needed for years. That's the hope. We're, maybe next week we'll go around the NFC a little bit and kind of break it down. But it's all for this week, I think. Yes. Um, Thanks once again for uh, tuning in. Uh, bear down. Yeah. Bear down.